Hey friends, and welcome back to Hell Simple Radio. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Today I'm joined by Corey Rodriguez, who is a health and fitness coach and has a very popular Instagram account where he teaches a variety of different health and wellness information. In this episode, Corey and I discuss how bodybuilding and restrictive dieting impacts your health, and if you've already done it, how you can fix it. So if you're looking to change your body in any way, whether it's losing weight or building muscle or you know leaning out or toning up your muscles, whatever it is, if you're focusing on the aesthetics and you're focusing on the outside of your body, it's not going to be sustainable. It's not going to be long term. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how and why you need to focus on the inside, the internal aspect of your body, providing your body with what it needs and and making sure that you feel good. If you feel good, your body will much more effectively and efficiently change for you. So it's all about providing the body with what it needs rather than restricting and ignoring uh, the symptoms or what your body is telling you. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And before we get into it, if you're someone who's currently looking to change your body, and again, whether that's weight loss or you know toning out, leaning out, building muscle, if you want to make change to your body and you know, you've tried and you're still not succeeding and you need help, then one-on-one health coaching with myself is one of the best ways to guarantee your success. I'm going to make sure that everything that you do, whether it's eating, exercise, sleep, stress management, is all optimized to you and specific to your goals and we'll make sure that you feel good uh, on the inside and from that we'll see absolutely amazing results. So all you have to do right now is just book in for a free health assessment call with myself I'm going to grill you with some questions and figure out you know, what your goals are and give you some advice on how to get there. And even if you, know, you decide coaching isn't right for you or I decide that you're not my ideal client, you'll leave that call with some great advice and an action plan. So today, I want you to just book your call for a free health assessment. Just click on the link in the show notes below. Uh, I'll put a link in there so that you can get to my calendar and book in and find a good time for you. Uh, but I'm excited to to meet you and to chat with you and figure out the best uh, path for success for you and your health-related goals. So again, I look forward to chatting with you. And without further ado, enjoy this conversation with Corey Rodrigo. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Health Simple Radio. Today, I'm joined with Corey Rodriguez, who is a health and fitness coach uh, and is the owner of a company called One Healthy Nation. Corey, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you. Glad to have you on here. Now, you've been a health and fitness coach for, was it 10 years uh, or close? Yeah, so you're, you're about 10 years. Yeah. a veteran in the space. Uh, what, what was it that, uh, that got you into to wanting to be a health and fitness coach? Well, I was a trainer first. So I was a trainer. It was all in person. This is kind of before like, all like, the social media stuff. So I basically was in gyms mainly. I was doing diet plans for you know, my clients in person. And I was basically uh, in gyms like, working with them on like, a one-on-one basis. 
And I basically found that, you know, it, you can only obviously work with people that are close. So that's when I said, as Instagram started to build up and Facebook and, and all this like new way of doing things, I kind of merged into doing things more online so I could help people in a different fashion from all over the world and not just people that are from my town. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I started out in fitness and training people and now I do more programs overall since I'm obviously not right next to someone. Yeah. And you know, your Instagram, uh, is absolutely amazing. If there's anyone, you know, listening right now who hasn't seen his Instagram, I think it's Corey L Rodriguez. Is that it? That's it. Simple, uh, simple. <laughs> but he's got, <laughs> he's got over 500,000 followers on there. Uh, but a lot of really good information. Uh, I actually had a few clients, uh, bring your name up just recently over the past oh, week. Really? And I was like, oh, he's actually coming on my podcast this oh, week. So, so uh, they're pretty excited to, to listen <laughs> right. in. So uh, awesome. really cool. So yeah, again, listeners, if you haven't, check out his Instagram. You'll learn a ton of information there. Um, now, were you, when you were in the, the fitness space, were you doing this kind of stuff yourself too? Were you doing bodybuilding yeah. or were you training yeah. quite a bit? Or, or what's yeah. your background in, in health? So I, I was an athlete forever. I played hockey my whole life. And uh, mm -hmm. about 15, 16, I got really heavily into working out, kind of like, Almost uh, when everyone was kind of getting into sports overall in high school, I started to work out. So I got pretty into it then just for myself. And then as I got a little bit older in like 1920, I wanted to compete in bodybuilding, which never happened, but I did want to. And mm -hmm. I was very, I was around that uh, for years um, at gyms from that point on. So I was very into it myself. So that's kind of how I started. I, I used myself as kind of like a dummy to figure everything out, Absolutely. you know, what kind of macros to use, what kind of training to use. I pretty much have done every single diet you can imagine almost, every training style. I've done things completely wrong. I've done things with bad form, like before I figured it out. I've done almost everything right and wrong for years. So after that point, after I put in all that time and effort, I realized I really enjoyed it. And then I, I branched into helping people also and kind of going in that direction. But for myself, even in high school, I was very, very into it. I worked in like some like the vitamin shops that were local, and and I was just super, super into it. And it was mainly also from only an aesthetic point of view. I mean, obviously, I wanted to be healthy, but it was more about how you looked on the outside and uh, kind of just like how lean can I get, how big can I get, how good can I look overall, you know. So. so, so you were experimenting with the super restrictive bodybuilding diets yet not actually competing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I died it down for some of like the photo shoots that you would have to be into just like in that kind of shape. Okay. But I wouldn't compete. I, I ended up, I enjoyed it for a, a small time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just enjoyed like the overall look. I really didn't love after I realized it, the whole stage portion, yeah. I loved like the training and the diet. So I, I did it for myself to learn. And uh, then eventually I never dieted down to that point again, because mm -hmm. it's very difficult. I didn't really have to, but you know. What was, the, what was the lowest you were able to get your body fat percentage down to? I never tested it um, okay. because again, it was only for like a, a shoot, but I'm guessing about like 5%. I mean, I was completely diced. Like there was yeah. not an ounce of fat on me at every vein popping out possible. But at that time, because I didn't know as much, I also was barely eating anything at that point, mm -hmm. like to get to that point at the very beginning. You know, I was on, I, I started out with more calories and then by the time it got to that point, I was eating like basically like, like protein. <laughs> so... <laughs> How does how do you feel when you're in that? I mean, when you're at five percent body fat and you're eating little calories, how does that? How do you feel? You feel horrible. Like every day is a struggle, honestly. And you get more used to it, you know. And don't get me wrong, you can be lean, you know, eight, nine, ten percent. 
it's very different from that to 5%. I mean, and most people won't, unless they're really trying, get into that kind of shape. And frankly, you just feel like crap. I mean, you, you just feel like so drained every time that you train and you're done. It's like, it's like, you're just like, you're, you're absolutely drained, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not a fun thing. I I will say. And, (laughs) and truthfully now I look back and it's, to look a certain way, you know, I, I understand that, but your body talks to you. There's a reason why you don't feel good whatsoever because you are literally, you know, trying to starve your body of, of food, you know, mm-hmm. and you're basically trying to put your body into that state that your body doesn't want to be in. And that's why it's so difficult. Yeah. You know? So you were training uh, your clients at that time in kind of the, the yeah. let's say, the bodybuilding type programs. Yeah. Now you yeah. switched it more to holistic health type program. Yeah. Can yeah. you talk about the difference between the two? Because I think there's still a lot of people sure. that want to lose weight or, or get healthy and mm-hmm. they still go the bodybuilding type um, you know, yeah. realm just because maybe they're just unsure or you know, that's just of the course. way the trainer has taught them. So kind of talk about the, the difference. Yeah. Sure. Well, Overall, um, you know, I think a body part split is good for some people. I did it for a long time. I think it's good to kind of experiment and see what you like best. But overall, I don't think your average person needs a body part split. I don't think that you need a whole day for arms. I don't think that unless you are competing again, that you really need that. Most people can do some kind of push, pull and legs or upper body and, and a lower split. You know, there, there's many different ways of doing it. But I think for as far as like the training goes, I think the body part split is not always needed, especially for your average person who's just trying to get into good shape. The other thing is, you know, the bodybuilding diets, they're, they're simply, they're, they rely only on macros. So you're not looking at micronutrients. So you're not looking at, at what else you're feeding your body. You could get into shape eating almost anything. If you restrict your calories enough, doesn't mean that you should either. You know, so at that time I literally didn't eat a vegetable for like years. I hated it. If it was green, I ate, pretty much rice and potatoes and chicken and fish. That was my diet. There was no, there was not a lot of different foods. There was, so I'm not no getting broccoli. different of like the nutrients. I used to hate broccoli. I hated it. I, hate, I wouldn't even eat broccoli. And, and frankly, I still got into shape because my calories were low enough. My macros were good enough, but it's not a good long-term place to be mm-hmm. for your hormones and for your long-term health and overall to feel good day in and day out. So people go to, you know, the bodybuilding way. And I I think what we like to do is we like to to either go one or the other. You either have someone who kind of eats like all healthy nutrient-based food and a lot of it, and they don't really watch their calories or portions, or you have someone who only watches their calories and portions. And I kind of like to mix them together. You know, you could find out how many calories you need around and how much, you know, or what like your macros should be. And you could still fill those macros with nutrient dense food. It doesn't need to be one or the other. So you have one guy who his diet has no nutrients, no vegetables, no plants, and he's just focusing on macros. And the other side of it is they're eating, you know, good solid food, but even some foods very like high in calories. So if you're trying to lose weight, you may not get as far as you'd like without really tuning in. You know, I could eat a handful of nuts eight times a day, and it, it definitely, you know, fills you up calorie wise. So you have mm. to f- try to find an even keel where you're getting quality and quantity and mixing it. So I think that's like the big difference. Now, I think most of my diet 
most of it, like 70% is probably plants as to where mm. I literally didn't need a plant for three years while getting in shape. <laughs> so, Oh man, that's, that's crazy to go that long. And it's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> or, and, or I had like a piece here and there, but it was basically nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the big thing is sustainability. I think for most people, yes. You know, if you want to lose weight, and I mean, I, I get why they go the bodybuilding route because they see people so lean and just, you know, yes. shredded six pack abs or eight pack abs. But <laughs> yeah, the thing is, yeah. they're not, they're not staying at that. Like, that's not yeah. long term. That's a maybe one week, if that. Um, and it's hell that week for them to be that shredded. Um, yeah. So it, it's not a sustainable thing. It doesn't teach you healthy habits and something that you can do long term. Um, no. So I think you know, it, it's important to, to look at the other side of things and focus on your health first and allow that to, to be the, uh, the driver of, of, you know, weight loss. Sure. Um, someone that and, does go. And, to and you know what? Also adding in like water too, you see guys who deplete their water. Mm. They're very, very dry looking. They don't necessarily walk around like that, but you see pictures like that, yeah. you know, you add five, 10 pounds of water on someone, it looks totally different from them completely dried out. So you have to factor in all these techniques that someone might look like the mm -hmm. last few weeks going into a show, but even eight weeks out from a show, they didn't look like because yeah, yeah, they weren't, true. they weren't going down the rabbit hole quite as much yet. So yeah, absolutely. Now let's, so why don't you talk a little bit about what some of the issues are if you're eating um, the sort of bodybuilding type and that's the way you're trying to lose weight. I mean, obviously we know you don't feel great. You have really low energy because you're eating next to nothing, but yeah. what kind of things can this cause, whether it be short term and, uh, and long term to your body? Yeah, sure. So um, overall, you know, I know bodybuilders at every different size. I know guys who are absolutely tremendous and I know guys who just have a little bit more muscle than your average person. And I'm going to say, a super high protein diet. Well, I do think protein is important. I used to, to eat tons of protein, like two grams per body pound. Um, I used to slam down protein like constantly. <laughs> and I don't think that your average person needs to go or should go that high. Your digestive system will have a hard time with that much protein, especially that much animal protein. So I think a, you know, protein is important. You want to have it in your diet. I don't think you need crazy high protein diets to lose fat or keep muscle. I think having some in there is okay. Of course, mm -hmm. I don't think that the bodybuilding uh, idea of having as much protein as you can cram into your digestive system is worth it because you're only going to use what you can digest. So I, I've seen very big bodybuilders cram food down the hatch, like literally shaking to put food down. And mm -hmm. that's not your average person, obviously. But the idea is, if I eat it, I'm gonna I'm going to digest it but it's not, it, it, it's going into your stomach, but you're not actually utilizing the nutrients of all kinds in that food. So keeping your digestion and your, and your, and your whole system working properly is important uh, as, to where, as to in bodybuilding, no one looks at that. And the fiber, there's, there's a lack of fiber in most diets. There's a lack of prebiotics and probiotics because of the food choices overall. So your gut health isn't gonna be great overall. And again, mm -hmm. The better your gut health, the better your whole body functions, the better your metabolism, the, the, the better your brain health, the better your body functions on an everyday basis, as well as digest nutrients, which you do need once again to utilize in your muscles. So it's important to keep, you know, these nutrient dense foods in your diet. And then the lack of, of, of plants, you know, um, again, you can, you can become lean on anything if you really try. So having no plants in your diet means no minerals, no vitamins. 
you're solely getting, you know, starches from, you know, rice, you might be getting chicken and that's all that you're getting, you know, again, the fat, what kind of fat are you consuming? You know, is it, is it, you know, uh, grass fed steaks and, 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 um, you know, avocados or is it, or is it, you know, mainly bacon and margarine and candy and other crazy things that I've seen to people get in, you know, fat also, you know, oils is another big thing. You know, um, I think some oil is okay for sure. I think some people overdo it with, with like the oil. So I've seen people, you know, pour oil all over their meal at every single meal, even olive oil, it's healthy, but maybe not at every single meal. You don't need to be, you know, yeah. dousing your food in oil. So I, I just think following the bodybuilding diets is rough also because you don't get enough, you know, diversity in your, in your diets. You solely yeah. focus on different foods. Like when you see someone that's trying to lose weight on a, on a bodybuilding diet, they're not eating all different kinds of fish. They're eating normally like tilapia because yeah. it's just protein or maybe mahi-mahi, but there's no salmon. Okay. There, there's not an array of different fish. And the same thing goes with all different foods. I feel like it's very restrictive overall. And, you know, again, it's, it's a, it's a very simple minded way of thinking long term, like you said, because if you, if you lose weight, your body, again, you have to be able to go somewhere from that point. So no matter what progress you make, there's always an aftermath mm -hmm. and how you control the aftermath is basically how you control the results that you're going to get in the long run or if they're going to go away. What I find is that a lot of people don't also like to reverse diet, which is part of it which if you think about it, if you're using any type of diet in, in reality, but especially in bodybuilding and fitness, if you restrict everything so much, tons of cardio, and you stop cardio, and you stop you know, with that amount of food, and now you increase your food intake a ton, well, now what, what is your body going to do? You've yeah, just you're basically good. given it way more than it can handle digestive-wise and you know, calorie-wise, along with stopping cardio. So I think, like you said, the habits that it installs, if you don't really think clearly, if you don't really, you know, be conscious of what you're doing at every step, it gets very out of hand because you just follow something that you can't long term. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah, absolutely. And I think the gut issues is probably one of the biggest things that are going to come from eating that type of, of style of yeah. diet. Um, yeah. which, which can take a long time to, to kind of recover from very long. Um, yeah. and we know the gut is, is so connected with everything in our body. And so your, your hormones is, is where is going to be affected, yeah. um, significantly. And this is a problem that, you know, I hear a lot of, of people that have done the bodybuilding side of things and they've came out of it, and whether it be a year later, they say, you know, I just, I don't feel right. My mood is, is awful. Yeah. I'm tired all yeah. the time you know, what's going on. And, and a lot of it, I think has to do with, uh, with hormones. Have you seen this? And, and what do you think about uh, kind of the hormones yeah. that happen with, with this kind of diet? Mm -hmm. So I think it happens in both males and females, but I notice it in females a lot more. I notice it's harder for them to recover than males. I also notice when you reduce carbs a ton in a female's diet or fat, it likely has a possibility of leading to some hormonal imbalance, you know, if you even even if you do like the keto diet and you have someone on keto for months and they're female with no carb up days in between, mm -hmm. so no carbs in there at all, you're doing full out keto for months. I've seen probably six or seven girls who lost their period because of that. So that's that that's not good, you know. That that's obviously a sign that things are not working well, and it took them months to get it back after reintroducing carbs. So then on the on the other hand. If you take a female and you reduce their fat too much, you know, 
under 30 and 40 grams a day, um, I've seen a few women also have severe hormonal imbalances where their mood changes, they're super stressed out, they don't feel right, they have lack of energy, and it takes, like you said, a very long time to come back. It can take six months to a year easy to recover from these. And you basically are, are overstressing your body by not having certain things like fat in your diet enough to regulate your hormones. And it throws your whole endocrine system off. And then from there, you just get more and more issues. Like, the more, like when you have one issue in the body, I find it's normally not just that issue. Mm -hmm. It ends up stemming like a tree to all these different things. And unless you stop it before it gets there, it takes that much longer to come all the way down to to being balanced again. And balance is what I always push is balance. Like if everyone's in a giant circle and in me, and you're in the center of that circle, you're not going to any extreme. You're finding the balance for you. Any extreme is going to pull you too much to one side to where you're close to one side and far enough from the other. And that's kind of like the, the analogy I use to, to show that you want to stay in the center of the circle. You don't want to be on the brim of one side and way far from the other side. Yeah, I completely agree. So. Balance is, is, is absolutely everything. One of the other, I mean, I've never gotten to the point of 5% body fat or restricted water or anything like that. But the other impact yeah. that I would assume happens uh, would be psychological component as well. I mean, oh, obviously, the, the hormonal aspect plays a role in that. Um, but I can only assume someone that gets to that lean and, you know, I guess what is, they think they look that good then all of a sudden, you know, after they, they just start eating normal and go back to sort of real life, they're just never <laughs> able to get back to that, to that stage. Is oh, yeah. something you've seen with your clients or, or maybe when you did it yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it, it happened like, I guess like a little bit, but, um, I like prepared myself for it, yeah. but overall I could definitely see how, how it could have happened to anyone because I've seen it all over fitness. I mean, it runs rampant in any competitor anyone around and I've and I've seen it quite a few times as well it's just body dysmorphia you you don't see what everyone else sees mm -hmm. so you're so used to seeing whether you're male or female a perfect physique in your mind and then two months three months six months later you don't look like that you can look amazing still but you don't look like that because it's just not natural to walk around like that and your mind will, will play tricks on you you will think you're fat you'll think that you don't look as good you think that you look weak and it really, for a lot of people, messes them up. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard for them to kind of get on that, on that plane of thinking where you don't have to look like a model or you don't have to look like a sculpture year-round. Because, <laughs> again, like, even if you stay lean and you look great, getting to that degree, that point, is just very, very difficult. And nor, nor do you want to sit at that, even if you could, no. you know? So do, is there quite a bit of, of mental health issues you find in, in bodybuilding? I mean, I don't know the industry very well, so I, I don't want to speak for it, but I can only assume depression, things like that. Is that, is that do you find that's a problem there? Yeah, yeah, I uh, do because people are going to the extreme because mm -hmm. they're going to the extreme. They're not focusing on the whole body. They're, whole, they're focusing on how they look, not focusing on their health, not focusing on reducing their stress, on helping their sleep. You know, another thing too your hormones are messed up. You're not eating enough food. Your sleep for a lot of people goes down, goes downhill. And then mm. once you don't sleep well, your hormones become more whacked out. <laughs> now you become, uh, now your whole body basically is not up to speed because you didn't recover enough. And sometimes these, these preps go on for months and months. Some people do mm -hmm. multiple shows. So, you know, you're not sleeping well now. So everything, 
again, it, it's, it's the extreme, you know, you're going to that extreme and, and it's going to mess you up psychologically. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be hard. Also, there are days where you just don't want to do it anymore and yeah. you have to battle through that. And for a lot of people, it gets very, very hard for them. And it almost is like at the end of the day, you have to, and no one can answer this besides you, how worth it is it to you? Yeah. You know, at the time, it was worth it for me because I really wanted it. But now it's not. It's as simple as that. How much is it worth it to you? Like, what's it really doing for you that you're going to that length to get there? You know, like, what is it giving you back? Well, I like that. I think that's a good mindset to have with it because it's not that, you know, doing a show or getting to that point is the worst thing in the world. I mean, it's a challenge for your body, which is great, yeah. right? Um, I think if you can mentally push the limits to get to that point, then you're going to learn something as a person oh, yeah. and you're going to grow oh, yeah. from that. I mean, if of you course. stay in that stage or continue to do it, maybe it's not the best idea. Um, mm-hmm. But at least you're, you know, if, if that's what you want to do and you want to try to achieve that and you go after that goal and you achieve it, well, that can be a really good thing mm-hmm. psychologically. Yeah. So yeah. I guess it depends on your mindset going into it, as you said. Um, so I think that's important to, to kind of understand. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not that bodybuilding is a bad thing. It's are you doing no. it for the right reasons? Um, and do you have the right sort of mindset to, to handle what you're about yes. to put yourself through. It's like yes. running a marathon. Have you of trained course. or are you prepared for that? Because yeah. it's going to do yeah. a lot of damage to your, to your body. Um, yeah. Now, I don't know if you've been involved at all, but natural versus unnatural. Um, have you been involved with, with the unnatural um, yeah. clients and, yeah. and what kind of differences are you seeing with this uh, after the fact? Yeah. Um, so, I've worked with both. I've seen both. It's pre- it's pretty common. Um, basically, when you're when you're not natural, you you have an edge. You your body recovers faster. It, you're going to be stronger. It's going to give you the edge look wise. It's going to to be easy, easier, not easy by any means, but easier mm-hmm. to get through your prep if you're using things like you know you know just anything to enhance, whether it be fat burning enhancers or something to make you look a certain way, make you stronger. It's going to give you the edge in some way. And then that, that comes to the whole another thing, you know, how worth it is it to use this stuff on your body? You can do it in a healthy way. I will say there, you, you can definitely do it in a very healthy way by getting yourself checked out and monitored, but make no mistake, it's still not healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're still injecting performance enhancing drugs into your body or by pill. And a lot of these things are taken by some competitors like you know like skittles and people don't do their research their coaches don't know they don't do their research people don't think about the aftermath especially in females what's going to happen to your hormones when they can't come back when you have side effects that last um and then the the mind you know like the whole the whole psychological part of it too some of some of these are very harsh and they might make you moody and they might you know aid they might give you issues not so much when you're on but when you come off of these so that's mm-hmm. something else to also consider. And, you know, again, only you can tell yourself, is it worth it? But then once you go to that level, you really have to ask yourself, what is it giving me back? Because um, at that point, you're, you're playing with something that in no way that you shape it is healthy for you. It's yeah. simply going to aid your physical appearance and your athletic performance. Yeah. Okay. And these things do go away. When you stop using them, they, they do go away. You can all your all the effects of them unless you're staying up to um par and everything on all your other accounts your training your eating can go right down the toilet so you really have to have to ask yourself again like you know is it worth it to go down this road basically but 
Um, you know, as far as, um, as far as like the aftermath, I, I notice a lot of people just don't do their research, you know, yeah. and if you're going to do this, you need to know what you're putting in your body, mm -hmm. which goes with everything, honestly, whether it be food, anything, just something else that you have to do your research on. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even the light forms, I think there's like, I think it's called Anavar is one that's really, really yeah. popular. I know quite a few people that have, have taken it. Yeah. It's yeah. supposed to be the lighter form of a performance enhancing drug and, and not have the bad effects of, of <laughs> but I mean, from the research that I've looked into it, even if you're doing a short cycle on it, uh, it still takes, I think it was cl close to a year or was a year for your testosterone levels to just go back to normal. So, I mean, you know, you're doing a short cycle of, let's say, a month, <laughs> two months, and that's going to affect you for the next year at least. Uh, you know, is that really worth it? Yeah, and, and frankly, I, I think that people, they, they, they try to kid themselves thinking that it's, that it's completely safe. Yeah. Like, make, make no mistake, is it one of the safer ones? Yes. Do people pop it like, again, like Skittles, like it's no big <laughs> deal? Yeah, and Absolutely. make no mistake, it is not healthy. Like, there's nothing healthy about taking Anavar. If you're going to do it, you're, you're going to do it. But, but don't, don't convince yourself thinking that it's going to be good. You, your, your lipid panel, okay, and your cholesterol will be affected, okay, by taking Anavar. I've seen it probably 10 times, okay? Mm -hmm. You don't realize that until you've taken a blood test six months later, okay? But your blood panel will be affected by taking Anavar from most people. And then you said, when, once you turn off testosterone production in place of an anabolic like Anavar, you know, anything that you're taking in, in place of that, when you have to turn off your natural test production, there's an aftermath that has mm -hmm. to then turn back on. So again, there's not really, there's not really a, a way to think about it like there's no bad side effects of it. You know, yeah. there's less and more, but there's still not zero. Yeah, you know? <laughs> for sure. So someone who has already done the bodybuilding route, uh, you know, they've gone through it and now they're suffering with some of the issues that have come along with it. What are some of the first steps that someone should take to try to improve their health? If you had a client that came to you and said, you know, I just finished a show, I feel like crap. Where are you going to take them? What are you going to do? Let's sort of talk yeah. on, on that realm and see if we can help some others get through sure. what they're going through. Yeah, for sure. So I, I probably would first get a blood panel. I'd see where you are. I'd see what your doctor says, you know, what's popping out of the red flags, you know, how's like your liver health, how's your whole blood panel overall, like what's sticking out as being not great. Mm -hmm. um, I honestly, I'd really start taking sleep into account because chances are you might have not been sleeping that well, especially if you're doing so much cardio, you know, in the morning, twice a day, I've seen it all. So how much, you know, how much were you pushing yourself in the gym that maybe you should potentially lay back a little bit, yeah. you know, not go as much, not so much cardio, not zero, but not so much, you know, manage your, your sleep, start adding in some of the foods that you weren't eating. And honestly, getting back to step by step, because you can't, you can't add in a ton of food right at the time that you're done competing, mm -hmm. but reversing out of that, adding in carbs and food little by little until you get to a, a more, a maintenance approach that is doable on an, on an everyday basis. So getting your food up to where your body can kind of balance itself out again is another big thing. And then also, you know, as far as even like natural supplements go and herbs, you know, starting to take things for your uh, APA access, you know, um, anything from holy basil to ashwagandha, um, anything to balance out your cortisol levels and kind of take your hormones back into sync. And frankly, there's a lot of great 
products and herbs out there that really do work well uh, for both male and female. So I would start to look at adaptogens as, as well. Um, that, that's something that, that you could even do beforehand, but especially if you're done, it's going to help you to kind of uh, come back into sync with your, with your, with your whole body. Mm -hmm. so. so is adrenal fatigue a big concern that happens with those after, uh, after bodybuilding? Yeah, I, I don't really like to use the word adrenal fatigue because it's, it's, no. it's been thrown around like so much, but yeah. it's not really like the adrenals itself that are being tired out. It's your whole endocrine system, your APA access, where your adrenals lie in. It's basically like a well-working system. It's, it's like a stool. You know, mm -hmm. All four legs need to be standing up for that stool to be working. When you, when, once, you, once you chop one leg off a little bit on that stool, it falls back that, that direction. It needs all four stools to sit which is just how your HPA access is, you need all of your hormones to be working in sync. So I don't want to say adrenal fatigue as a title, but yeah. what people refer to as adrenal fatigue, completely, completely. You are stressed, anxiety, you're, you're getting no sleep. You are in the sympathetic nervous system state. So your body, it, your, your nervous system is not turning off, you know, mm -hmm. and you want to shift that to parasympathetic where you are chilled out, you're relaxed, you're you're breathing, you're happy, <laughs> you know, you're not fight or flight stressed out. So adrenal fatigue, those symptoms are a hundred percent real for a lot of people. So now it, you, you mentioned a blood panel. Do you have any, is there other tests that people should be getting? Uh, you know, should be looking at saliva tests or urine tests, things like that. I don't know yeah. if this is an area of your, your expertise, but any specific mm -hmm. tests that you think uh, someone should go and, and ask their doctor for? Yeah, there's a Dutch test. It's actually an, an at-home test. Um, the, the Dutch test I've used a few times. That is one of the more comprehensive hormonal um, panels that you can take because it gives you all different types of testing, basically, like your cortisol, your you know, morning, you know, nighttime, not just one amount. So mm -hmm. the Dutch test is a great place to look because it'll give you all the in-between factors that other testing might not give you and you don't have to kind of guess. Because if you don't, if you don't have all the answers, then you, then you have to, to try to, to guess and figure it out from then. Um, so the Dutch test is a good one. Some of these saliva tests are pretty good too. Um, but the, the Dutch test is, is what I've, I've worked with the most. Um, but there are a few adrenal tests out there that are saliva-based testing uh, that, that do work well. So, Okay, awesome. Um, so getting back to, to the diet side of things, if you're someone who's not eating a whole lot of plants at all, you kind of talked about how you have to slowly reintroduce foods back in. Is that same with plants or can you just start going hard on the, on the vegetables to try and fix your gut issues <laughs> or do you gotta, is this something you got to slowly introduce as well? I would say if you eat no vegetables, you want to do it slowly for the reason that, you know, as great as vegetables are, if you have too much prebiotic fiber, it, it can cause bloating. It can cause some indigestion, especially if your stomach is so shrunken down from mm -hmm. eating no food. Uh, you may have trouble dealing with that much prebiotic foods. So I'd say little by little, you want to introduce them. Okay. Um, you don't, nothing like you don't really want to ever dive straight into anything. You always mm -hmm. want to take a step-by-step approach with it, with, with anything because things, things don't always work the same for every person. So I would say doing things little by little, adding, you know, one serving of veggies, two serving of veggies, and, uh, you know, having a decent array of greens and then prebiotic foods like onions, for example. And yeah. then also probiotic foods, again, like sauerkraut. I'm very, very big on 
organic sauerkraut. Nice. I put it in my food. I take it out of the jar like a caveman, you know, or whatever. Um, I eat that twice a day now. I didn't use, I didn't start there either. I started with like maybe like one, like one serving a day maybe. But, you know, I do basically two, um, two like forkfuls in the morning and two at night. And that is, that covers my probiotic foods besides like a pill-based probiotic. Um, but I would definitely, with any pre-probiotics, you want to ease into things. You don't want to mm-hmm. dive right in or you're going to have tons of gas probably too. So Yeah. Sauerkraut is absolutely amazing. I put it on my eggs yes. much every morning. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely love it. Great. I think the other thing too is if you've been eating, from what I see anyway with most bodybuilders, is they eat chicken all day, every day. It's just nonstop chicken. Maybe switch up your meat and go to something else too. That may yes. help. <laughs> yes. Definitely get a different array of animal products or, or something or protein because too much of, of any food is going to get just right on boring for one. Mm-hmm. No matter how many different ways you cook it, eating the same thing every single meal is like quite tedious. So definitely, yeah. definitely changing things up, getting a different array of, of, of uh, you know, all different things is going to be the best way. Yeah. You mentioned on, on protein, not eating too much. Do you have a recommendation of the amount of protein that someone should consume? Yeah, I, I kind of sit at like 0.6 to 0.7-ish, you know, grams okay. per body pound as to where, again, I was at two. I was at even one for a while where it can be great for your physique, but I don't really think you need that much protein. I think that you can do better off with less protein to digest and kind of sitting at 0.6 to 0.7 as opposed to, I know a lot of fitness guys, um, coaches are at like one gram and that's, that's yeah. fine. I just find it's better for digestion when you kind of come down like a bit. Okay, nice. Okay, so before I have a question that I ask all the guests that come on the show, uh, so I'm sure. going to ask that afterwards. Uh, but first, is there anything that we missed that you think someone should should know on this topic, uh, whether it's someone who's looking to get into bodybuilding or maybe they've completed it and they want to get on, on the right track for um, getting healthy again? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think the big thing, and, and I saw this when I was transitioning from fitness on you know my level my clients and my ex at the time as well uh who also was into fitness i i noticed that we have to kind of pave like the way in between like you know whether you're looking to lose weight get healthier you should look at the body as a whole so you should look to be as healthy on the inside as you look on the outside mm-hmm. so your look on the outside does not determine how healthy you are you can have abs you can be shredded you can be strong as an ox and still not be healthy, still have crazy stress levels, still falling apart inside, still have, have, have chronic illnesses. So I think looking at the body as a whole and trying to treat the inside, which you can't see, as, just as important as the outside. I, I think that's a big thing that people kind of miss. It, the body is a whole, and you want to make it work like a whole. So that means mm-hmm. all accounts, you know, stress management, stretching. If you're training five days a week, stretch, do yoga, or you will end up like a pretzel. <laughs> and your posture is terrible, which leads to more issues. So again, it's that center circle, you know, train hard, of course, but stretch, do, but do yoga, you know, try and meditate, you know, do th- all these different things that are going to encompass your taking care of your body as a whole, no matter what your goals are on, you know, for like your, your uh, look on, on the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, I completely agree because the thing is too, what people need to understand is that if you feel good, then your body is going to listen to you a lot better than if you don't feel good. So if you want to lose weight, you want to build muscle, you want to do whatever it is, if you feel good, you're going to be able to achieve that so much more efficiently, so much more easy, easy, easierly. 
easier, <laughs> easier than easier, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> then that if you don't feel good. So instead of focusing yeah. on trying to get those abs, focus on trying to be healthy, focus on yeah. trying to feel good. And that's going to allow you to get there so much easier than, than the opposite. So, yeah. um, I love that sure. advice. Uh, First, if people want to find you, if people want to work with you, uh, where, where do they go? Let us know your, your links or where we can sure. find you on the internet. Um, so my, my website's being worked on now, so that's not up. So my email is Corey at CoreyRodriguez.net. I answer all my emails, so that would be the easiest way. And then Instagram as well. I try and answer most of my DMs too. So you can, you can DM me through there, but my email, uh, again, would be, the mo- would, would be the easiest way. I think you're the first person to throw out your email. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, you know, website, whatever. Yeah, you yeah. Email. <laughs> it's a little old school. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's just like the easiest way. Like the DMs, like you, you can get lost and they get piled up like sometimes. You yeah, know? yeah, so true. I, ent- I, I try and answer them. I go on, but the easiest way is email because it's right on my phone. I see it. I answer everyone. So it's yeah. just, you know. Okay. <laughs> All right. So final question here, uh, for you, you've been on a health journey since I think you said you were about 15 or so is when you, yeah. when you got started. Um, you know, knowing everything that you know now, if you were, if you were to forget everything, go back to the very beginning mm-hmm. of that journey, uh, and forget everything that you knew, what would be the one piece of advice that you'd want to tell yourself? Um, or the one piece of advice that you'd want to share with yourself so that, you know, when you get started on your own health journey? Um, I would say think long term. You know, mm-hmm. do not think in, in the short term. And that goes for anything in fitness, really. But, you know, don't think that when you hit this bench press or you look this way or you hit this goal, that this is going to make you happy for the rest of your life. You know, mm-hmm. those long-term goals are what's going to keep on changing and you're going to keep on growing into. I think that goes overall for life, but especially in health, like don't think short term. Try and think how is this going to help me in years? How can I get better and build from this? But don't think, you know, short term, don't do things for the next week or so, or to hit a goal next week, that's going to be the opposite of what you might want like later on. So just, this is not a race by any means. I learn more every single day. There are things that I learn about from people that blow my mind that I can't believe I didn't know already. So again, you may think that you know it all at certain times, there's a plethora of, inf- of information out there and you have to know that, you know, your mindset and your goals and you as a person will change. So again, I was super into my physique 10 years ago and now I'm more into how I feel like day to day. And I thought that was never going to change mm-hmm. and it completely changed. So again, you know, give yourself time to grow and, and grow into grow in, into goals long-term. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Corey. Thank you for, for joining me here on me. Health Simple Radio. I really appreciate it. This was a great conversation. Uh, and I love that last answer, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you so much. And you know, keep, uh, keep putting out great content on Instagram. I absolutely love it. Uh, learn a lot from it. And I know a lot of others do. So uh, we really appreciate what you're doing. That's a wrap, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, you could do me a wonderful favor by taking a screenshot and sharing it with your friends on social media. Feel free to tag me at healthsimple underscore and let me know your thoughts. And if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me a DM as well. I would love to hear from you. I hope you guys all have a wonderful day.